Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. an excitement and I hope that there is an expectation. I believe God's going to do something special today. If you believe it, say amen. amen. All right. Well, I want you to touch two or three people. Tell them he's in this place today. He's in this place today. Then you can go ahead and take a seat. Come on. Woo. That's my cardio for the day right there. I love it, man. I'll tell you who's excited to be here. I, I'm, I'm really, really excited to be here. Uh, last week, I just missed you guys. Last week, I wasn't here. Um, by the way, Michael and Elise Coe, come on, can we give it up for them? Back the word. They did such a great job. Michael, where you at? Right. There you are, brother. Love you, man. You and Elise did so good. It was their first time preaching ever in public, and, uh, and I thought they killed it. I saw it on YouTube. I was blessed. And uh, I'm going to catch my breath eventually. And um, now I wasn't, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't with you um, because uh, last week my wife and I had the honor. Uh, it, it was just, the, the, we got to, honor is usually what I say to you when I introduce myself to you. So I kind of just went to honor, but it really wasn't an honor. It was just a lot of fun. We got to celebrate uh, our uh, wedding anniversary, 11 years married last week. How's fun? We celebrated it in Nevada which is the Christian translation of Las Vegas. <laughs> Just don't want you to judge us, so we said Nevada. And uh, we didn't do anything that uh, you would not be proud of uh, as your pastors. But we did have fun. Well, there was that one time. I'm just funny. We didn't do anything. <laughs> Amen. What happens in Vegas, you preach about on Sunday. And now, it was a really great time. I want to say thank you for coming and supporting just our church, even when I'm not here. Uh, it's way bigger than me, what God's doing. And, and, and I'm excited. And I told my wife, I go, man, you know how you know it was a good vacation when you can't wait to get back to work? I mean, and, and I got no amens on that. That either means you have terrible vacations or horrible jobs. I'm not sure which one it is. But for me, it's just way more. Um, than a job, like to worship you, I live. That song is my anthem. So to come here, this is why I'm alive. And uh, you're either really excited that I'm your pastor or you think, wow, that's sad. Sundays is what you live for. Not, not, not Sundays, to worship them. Coming on Sunday is an expression of my worship. That's, that's what I live uh, to do. And so, um, hey, if this is your first time here, that you don't know me, my name's JJ. And here's where the honor comes in. And it's an honor and a joy to serve you as your lead pastors alongside my wife, Liz. And uh, it is the joy and privilege of our life. And we're excited about it. If this is your first time, you picked a great time to visit with us today because we are in week four of a sermon series we're calling Don't Hold Back. Don't Hold Back. And so um, I know we did this already, but it's just always a privilege to us that you would make time in your busy schedule to be with us, also knowing that there are a ton of great churches in Central Florida. You chose to be at this one today. And so we just want to let you know how much we appreciate that. Journey Church, I know we did this once already, but can we put our hands together one more time for all of our first-time guests? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. 
this whole journey of don't hold back, I said we're in week four. It began week one, four weeks ago, on a Sunday we call Vision Sunday. And Vision Sunday is really important for us here at Journey Church because on Vision Sunday, we make a shift. I have found that most people in their lives live lives that are problem-driven. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody. Oftentimes, I'm one of those people. We just go from problem to problem to problem. And the problem with living a life that's driven by problems is that at the end of the solution to your problem is another what? That's right. We jokingly say that once you finally figure out Algebra 1, the reward is Algebra 2. You just go from problem to problem. And so while a problem can serve as a motivation, it's a poor one because it never does what the promise of it is when you first engage in it. However, there's another way to live life, and that's not to be problem-driven, but to be purpose-driven. And to be purpose-driven is to say, I have found something in my life that is bigger than my problems. I have found something in my life that casts a shadow on my problems, a purpose, a reason for being. And we have cast this vision as a church saying, hey, we found something bigger than our problems. And it's this initiative called Don't Hold Back. It comes from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, where, the, where God tells the prophet Isaiah, he says, hey, get ready. Your family is about to get bigger. Expand your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Strengthen your stakes because more people are coming. And, we, and, and those two things right there where it says stretch your tent curtains wide and strengthen your stakes, we felt like. God was asking us to do two things as a church, and we've got these projects that are connected to this initiative. One, we believe that in the next two years, God is calling us into a permanent home, a permanent facility. We love this auditorium, and we love Winter Park High School, but in case you don't know, we don't own it, and we've got to be out of here at 1 o'clock. And uh, if you're looking for parking spaces at the 11 a.m. service, you know why we can't stay here, because um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And more than just making space, for the people, um, I, I'm looking forward to building a place where our city is going to find hope and refuge and, and life and love and joy. And so this is what we're excited about. Yeah, you can give God praise for that. We're pumped about that. So we're giving financially to that. And then secondly, um, we believe that we love church planting. This church was planted three years ago. And we did a, a very special Sunday. Well, I'll get that in a second. This church was planted three years ago on September 18th, 2016. And, uh, and we got, we're just so fans of church planting. We want to do it again. And so we want to see more churches planted in Central Florida, closer to you and your family and your friends. And, uh, and all this ends, by the way, this, this Don't Hold Back initiative ends on November 17th. Somebody say November 17th. That's right. That is Legacy Sunday, and that is when we are bringing our commitments. That is when we are bringing um, our financial giving uh, to the Lord. And also, if November 17th is too far for you, if you feel like, you know what, I feel like I already know what I want to give, and I want to be a part of this right away, this Friday, November 8th, somebody say November 8th. Yeah, that's this Friday. We're getting together at Calvary Orlando, 7 p.m., for a special night we're calling Advanced Commitment Night. And, uh, and uh, I'm really excited about whoever shows up here. You don't have to if you need more time to pray and all that. Um, it'll probably be a small group of people, and that's fine. Uh, I actually saw what I was preparing for the message today in my office. Um, I have this whiteboard, uh, not a whiteboard, but a whiteboard um, in my office, and it has pictures of people. And uh, it is from our very first Legacy Sunday that we ever had three years ago. And um, everybody who came gave an offering, and I know everybody who came gave an offering because there wasn't a lot of us, and I could count them. And we took Polaroid pictures of everyone, and we put them in the shape of a heart. Um, does anybody remember that? You were here from, from day one. You were here, raise your hand if you were here from day one for that first Legacy offering. Yeah, five people. All right, that's awesome. No, there was a lot more than that. Yes, you were here. All right, yes, you are my day one. Love you guys. I will save you all from a Kanye reference. 
Suffice to say, you're my number one. All right, all right. I'm so grateful for y'all and what you have invested in the establishment of, of this church, man. And uh, I saw a couple people in the lobby who were here from that. And I said, man, thank you so much for building it. There are 10 times as many people here today than there were in that first offering. And so we're excited about it. I also want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, if you're new to Journey Church and you think, and you've come like either this week or you've come like within the last four weeks, you're probably thinking, man, this church loves to talk about money. And I want you to know we don't. Um, we have not been preaching on money either. We've been preaching on faith, and we've been giving you an opportunity to display that faith on November 17th. However, we have been doing that at the end of every service. And so if you're one of those people um, where money makes you feel uncomfortable, then after November 17th, you can start inviting your friends back to church again, okay? Because you now this won't be an issue anymore. Also, if you're watching online on the YouTube, you can come back after November 17th. <laughs> if money makes you feel uncomfortable, we won't, we won't have that talk uh, any anymore. But if money does make you feel uncomfortable, we st we're still in week four. So it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And, um, and uh, today specifically, because today I have the privilege of preaching on finances and, and generosity. Amen. I love the amen. To the Father, help me today, Lord. Give me, 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 Lord, give me. Um, and, uh, and, and so I'm excited about talking about it because I feel like I'll have the opportunity to redeem a topic that, in all fairness, I believe gets a bad rap. I think church and Christianity has a bad reputation when it comes to finances and generosity, partly because it just hasn't been good education on it. Just people are teaching about it and not in a good way. And then also, let's be real, the church does have a history of abusing these things called offerings and tithes. And I think we've all seen that television commercial where, you know, the person is on the screen and they're like, if you send in an offering of at least $25 right now, I will send you a rag and if you take this rag and put this on your Honda it will turn into a Maserati and it will come and it will do that and all you got to do is give an offering of $25 and and we've all been there and so to be honest we kind of are going up against the tide uh, but my hope today is that I can teach on this uh, biblically accurately and, and give you clarity on generosity. And I want to be very clear. My goal today is not to convince you to be generous. My goal today is to give you clarity on what biblical generosity actually is. And when I do that, with God's help, if I can do that, I believe you will not feel pressured, but you will feel privileged. If I can do that. And so I want to do that uh, today by sharing a uh, little bit about it. And because, you know, it is... It's, it, and I want to also say, I'm preaching on money, um, but I'm not preaching about money. Money is a, a sermon illustration for us today. And I want to ingrain that so in your heart today that that is actually the title of my sermon today. The title of my sermon is, It Is Money, But It's Not About Money. Tell, tell, tell somebody to your left, tell them it is money. All right, now tell your second choice, but it's not about money. It's not about money. It's not about money. And to prove that, I've got a little sermon illustration here today. It's going to set us up for a win on this topic. And so, all right, somebody tell me what, what this is right here. Green paper. Y'all so smart. Y'all so, so good. I love our church. It's green paper. You're right. It's not a trick question. It is green paper. And it's accurately find. Somebody said, ooh. <laughs> you just felt God's presence more in this, and you all worship. Santo. 
Somebody in the first service said, hey, now. I'm like, okay. People that journey just got saved. Um, here's my follow-up question. For those who are on the left, for those who are on the right, all right, what's this? Half of y'all are like, money, give me. <laughs> the other half are like, it's green paper. Now, I hate to break it to you, but it is green paper. Green paper is what it is. Yet, one of these we couldn't care less for, but the other we'll work 40 hours a week for. Not because of what it is, but because of what it's about. It is green paper, but it's about security. It is green paper, but it's about the rent. Come on, somebody. It is green paper, but it's about school supplies. Good Lord, calculators are expensive. <laughs> it is green paper, but if we get enough of it, it's about freedom. Not having to work that job that we hate so much. Although, let me tell you, some of the richest people I know are some of the busiest people I know. So making more money doesn't free you from a nine-to-five. Let me clarify. Making more money frees you from a nine-to-five, but doesn't free you from working 40 hours a week. You're just trading 40 hours a week for 80 hours a week. It, it is green paper, but it's about success. It's about status. It's about achievement. It is what it is, but it's not about what it is. It's about what it's about. Can we just all agree? It is money, but what? It's not about money, if we're honest. And here's what you need to do today. You need to figure out what this is about to you. Because if you don't figure out what money is about to you in your life, you will end up living a life that's just about money. As if money were an, were an end in and of itself, when in all actuality, money is a means to an end. But if you don't understand that, here's what you'll do. You will live a life where all, of your where all the directions of your decisions are determined by decimals and not destiny. And so you'll end up going to a college, not because it's an environment that is conducive to your intellectual or spiritual growth, but because it's the only college you can afford or because it's a college where you'll make more money. Why? Because it is money, but it's not about growth. It's about money because that's what you've set up as the goal of your life. If it's just about money to you and you haven't asked the follow-up question, but what's my money about, then you'll make all your decisions based on that. The kind of career that you have will be based about money. So you're at a job you don't even like that you suck at <laughs> because you don't like it. It's hard to be good at something you don't like, but you're there not because you like it. It's not about what you like. It's not about fulfillment. It's about money. Now, I'm not judging anybody because I've been there too. I've worked jobs that I hated before because I need to put food in the fridge. I'm not judging it. I'm just, can we be honest about it? It's what's motivating the decision. We'll move from a beautiful state where Mickey Mouse lives and the greatest church in America lives where there's sunshine and great weather, and you're an hour from beaches to a cold, dark place like Minnesota. <laughs> Does anybody here from Minnesota? In the back? <laughs> Did you move to Florida? 
All right! He made the right choice. He made the right choice. Not because you like sub-30 degree weather in January, but because there's a job, there's money waiting there for you. Can I get really real? I mean real real. Can I get real real? Some of y'all will choose the person you marry. I need your help, Jesus. They're acting all poor. Lord, I need your help. Not based on whether or not they treat you well. Not based on whether or not their values align with your values. But because they got the zeros on the right side of the decimal point. Forget about the fact that they can pray. Can they provide? That's what I'm wondering. And, 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 it's, not just, and it's not just single people, okay? All right? Because y'all sing. I know you because you be, oh, well, I just want somebody who loves the Lord. Please. <laughs> if he just loves Jesus and has a sense of humor, I'm down. No, you're not. Come on. We all know if he ain't got a J-O-B, it's B-Y-E. Bye. You know it. You know it. It's not front. Let's not front in the house of the Lord. (laughs) Married people, let me talk to married people for a second. You know that the top two reasons for divorce in the United States, number one is infidelity. Number two is finances. You got people divorcing over decimals. It's it's about, it's, it's a... And here's why I'm, I'm making my point, because <laughs> this is kind of funny. This is why I'm making my point, because I'll sit down in a counseling session with you, and you'll tell me, oh, pastor, if I can just get more money, I know I would be ha- all my problems will go away. Here's what you're saying. If I just had more green paper, I would be good. If my problem is I don't have enough green paper. It's just green paper. So when you're worried about it, can we... Can, it's not that you're worried about money. It's that you're worried about what money's about to you. So what's money about to you? Because what you're stressing about at night isn't money. So what's money about to you? Because what you're worried about isn't money. It's what money's about to you. And I believe that if I can shift what money's about to you, because it is just green paper, but it's about something. If I could shift what money's about to you, I think I could shift what you stress about. I think I can shift what you worry about. I think I can shift what you argue with your husband and wife about. And we can shift what money's about. With God's help, that's what I want to do today. And I don't want to teach you what I think money's about or what money's about to me. I want to teach you what money's about to God. And I just want to warn you (laughs) beforehand you are not going to like what money is about to God. But I also want to warn you, I don't care. (laughs) My job is not to make you feel good when you leave here. I mean, that's one of the hopes. I always say if you leave church and your head's held down, the gospel wasn't preached. How could you be mad when you've got a a gospel, a Jesus who forgives all of our sins and gives us a new life? But it's just going to challenge you in a way that you've never seen money before. And so I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to give you Bible. And I'm going to keep this green paper and this other green paper taped to this pulpit so that the image burns in your mind when you're worried about finances. Green paper. It's what it's about. 
All right, Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 through 9. When Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon the leper, a woman, came up to him as he was eating dinner and anointed him. To anoint is to acknowledge that this person is special. It was done with oil. Um, in this case, this woman is about to do it with a bottle of perfume, and she puts it on him, and it's a, it's a sign of this is somebody special. And anointed him with a bottle of very what? Expensive perfume. Okay, this ain't no CK1, all right? This ain't no Jean-Paul Gaultier. This ain't no Curve, all right? This ain't no discount Michael Jordan cologne, okay, that you found on Macy's for 70% off. This is the expensive stuff. When the disciples saw what was happening, they were very furious. They all said, a lot of people think Judas was the only one that said, but all the disciples said, that's criminal. This could have been sold for a lot. And the what? The money handed out to the poor. And when Jesus realized what was going on, he intervened and said, why are you giving this woman a hard time? She has just done something wonderfully significant for me. You will have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives, but not me. And when she poured this perfume on my body, what she really did was anoint me for burial. And you can be sure that wherever in the whole world the message is preached, what she has just done is going to be remembered and admired. And here we are 2,000 plus years later still talking about her. It's going to be remembered and it's going to be admired. Verse 14 that is when, oh my gosh, I've been studying the Bible my whole life. This is the first time I ever saw this. I'm teaching you something I learned this week. I never saw it before. Where was, it? Where was I? Where was this? That is when one of the 12, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the cabal. Cabal is a clique, a clique of high priests, and said, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? When did Judas betray him? I never saw that. I never noticed the thing that sent Judas over the ledge that tipped him over. I never noticed the straw that broke the camel's back, the thing that made Judas crazy, that wanted to betray Jesus. But it was right here. It was right here. When, when, when Jesus challenged the way he saw money. Because your relationship with money is directly related to your relationship with God. And I have seen people Leave the church over money. Not because the church was shady. That's a great reason to go. <laughs> and there are some churches that are. And, 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 but not, I'll tell you, we are super transparent here at Journey Church. If you want to know where we spend our money, just go to step one of Next Steps. We lay out the whole budget, bro. The whole thing. We tell you where every dollar goes. That's how clear we are about it. But they'll leave the church not because the church is shady, because they taught on tithing. That's what's going to happen. I told you. I told you this was going to be... Help me, Jesus. I need your help, Lord. I'm just saying, sometimes the way you see money can be one of the greatest. And Judas ain't wrong. Judas is saying you got all this money and you're just pouring it out on the feet. You're wasting it. And Jesus, Judas is saying to Jesus, Jesus, you're wasting it. And Jesus is saying to Judas, no, I'm not. Judas, you're wrong. It is money, but it's not about money. And if all you do is see it as money, this is, what, this is my first point. Judas, it is money, but it's about worship. It is money, but it's about worship. My whole life, I have been a, a saver. I just, if I get money, I'm saving it. Show of hands, where are all my savers at? You're my savers. Come on, you're a saver. All right. Keep your hand up. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. All right. 
love you guys. Uh, keep, it, keep it up if you are in a relationship with a spender. I'm just playing. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, don't call them out like that. She went like this for saver and then like that for spender. <laughs> I am a saver. I've always been that way. Especially when I first began in ministry, getting paid ministry. Um, I was working in, in, in my salary. Are you ready for my salary? For all those who have aspirations to do what I do. Here you go. Here was my, here's my introduction salary to ministry. $500 a month. Not a week, a month. Okay. And it wasn't the worst because I lived at home. So, you know, I had my shelter and my food provided for me. So it wasn't bad. But even when I got that, I was a saver. And it took me six months of $500 paychecks to save up $600. I mean, your boy still got bills, okay? I had bills, but I was able to save $600 on a $500 a month paycheck. I swore I was balling. At that time, $600 for me, it might as well be a million. I was just like, this is amazing. And I had no idea what I was saving for until I met Liz. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody who is just visibly and on every level on another level than you. Have you? I know I have. And I just thought, I need to lock this down. And when you feel that way, you start doing some stupid stuff. And so when she finally said yes to going out on a date, here was my first date. With Liz. I had to write it down because it was too much to remember. True story. This was our first date. First, I took her to the aquarium, the Florida Aquarium. And we bought, uh, you bought the I bought the tickets. Everything that I mentioned, I bought, just so you know. I went to the aquarium, I bought the tickets. And then while we were there, I bought her a stuffed stingray toy that we still have to this day from our very first day. Thank you, the 915 didn't awe at that. I was like, y'all missed it. That was your opportunity. Part of that, after that, we went to a movie. We saw Premonition with Sandra Bullock. If you don't remember that movie, it's because it was garbage. After that, we went to one of the most upscale restaurants in all of, of that, of Ybor City that my boy Charlie put me on to, which was Bernini's. Bernini's was a former bank that they converted into a restaurant. So I made sure I paid extra to have a table right by the former vault. So we're sitting by the vault in the bank ordering. The menu comes out. <laughs> and there are three categories of things you can buy here, okay? Let's just categorize the first one as appetizers which is anything below, you know, $12 or whatever. And then there's the middle and there's the end. And I was watching her. This is free right here, y'all. This is free. If you're in the dating scene, this is free right here. I was making sure, I was going to see if she was going to order from the highest part of that menu. But she ordered right in the middle. She ordered eggplant parmesan, which was right in the middle of the menu, which if you're looking for a mate, that's right where you want them to be, right there. <laughs> it's right where you want them to be. A, it's the truth. You don't want them to be too cheap because then they don't value themselves. But then you don't want them to be on the... <laughs> but then you don't, you don't want them to be on the high side because then they full of themselves, you know? So you got to be right in the 18, you know, that's where the eggplant, I was like, this is good. I felt like the Lord, after making the world, I was like, this is very good. This is, this is good. 
It's right there, man. So that was awesome. Um, and then after that, we went to a shake place. Same day. I bought the shakes. I was so nervous because it was our first date. We left the shakes that I bought. I went in. I ordered them. We left. And she's like, didn't we order shakes? I was like, yes, my bad. I went back, got the shakes. Then after that, we went to the arcade that was downtown Ybor City. And I, I bought all the coins so that we could play. No, again. This was the first date. Now, let me give you some more free relationship advice for all those who are not married. Be careful where you set the bar <laughs> on your first date because you're going to have a second date. And so now I'm under the pressure of this second date knowing I've just set the bar super high from this first date. So on our second date, we go to the Salvador Dali Museum. I buy lunch and dinner. And then we go to Bush Gardens. <laughs> and I don't just buy the passes. I buy annual passes. <laughs> for her and for me. Your boy trying to lock it down. I'm like, if she ever goes to Bush Gardens without me, she's going to feel guilty. Every time she's go, I'm at least getting a text invite. At least. Now, let me tell you, this costs a lot, this whole thing. But one day, she, she called me on the phone, and she was like, I just want you to know, um, and, just, just, and I, this blew my mind when she said it, because I would have thought that everybody would have treated her that way because she's so beautiful. But when she called me, she said, I just want you to know, I've been on a couple of dates in my life. She said, no one has ever treated me the way you treated me. She understood that for me, it wasn't about money. It was about, I'm falling in love with you. And I want to show you how much I care about you. It came at a high cost, but I will make that trade every day. Every day, all day, 10 times a day. I'll make that trade. By the way, you know that our economy is built on trade, right? It only looks like buying and selling, but it's actually trading. When you trade $5 for a mediocre latte from Starbucks, you're trading. You're trading $5 for coffee. You're doing a trade. It's buying and selling, but it's trading. The way our economy began was 5,000 BC. I'm making this all up, by the way. 5,000 BC, there was a guy who was, who was full but cold, and he met somebody who was hungry and warm. And the guy who was hungry and warm bumped into the guy who was full and cold and said, hey, I'm hungry, but I got a coat. You got a chicken. And that chicken's going to be no good to you if you die of, of freezing. <laughs> so I'm going to trade you my coat for your chicken. And here's what he's saying. I've got coats, but I don't have chickens. Your chicken is worth more to me than my coat. When you trade, it's not a transaction. It's a declaration that the thing you're trading does not mean as much as the thing you're trading for. So when we give money to the Lord, what can you buy on this earth with money? The answer, anything. 
So when you give money, you're not making a transaction, you're making a declaration. If I can buy anything with money and I give it to you, Lord, what I'm saying is that there's nothing, nothing in this whole world that means more to me than your love does in my life. There is nothing in the whole world that means more to me than your mercy and your grace. There is nothing that I could buy with this green paper that adequately represents how much you mean to me. It's not a transaction. It's a declaration. When Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, he didn't betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He traded Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. When the woman, who we find out later's name was Mary, poured her alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus, that alabaster jar was worth way more than 30 pieces of silver. It was her life savings. Why would she do that? The Bible says that she was anointing him for his burial. In other words, she was saying, I got no problem trading my life savings for the one who saved my life. I got no problem. I'll do it. You traded places with me. I'll make that trade all day. Mind you, money that she earned while trading her body for money. She was a prostitute. So that means that to her, money was worth more than her dignity. To her, money was about making a living. And, and Jesus, and I don't know when it happens, but Jesus went to her. Maybe it was in a sermon. We don't see it in the scriptures. But somehow Jesus meets her. And when Jesus meets her, I don't know if it was a touch. I don't know if it was a look. I don't know if it was a word that he gave her. But I know he told her something that reminded her of her value. Something that reminded her of her worth. Maybe he told her, girl, you're so special. Maybe when he met her, he didn't call her girl. Maybe he said, daughter. And in that moment, she thought, you're the Messiah. You're calling me daughter. That means I'm a, I'm a princess. That's right, princess. Princess, And in that moment, she got her worth back. In other words, she didn't, she didn't look at money as something to make a living. She looked at money as a way to bless the one who made her alive. And I want to just tell you something. If money is just about making a living to you, you are devaluing yourself. Can I tell you something? Listen, you are, you, whatever you're getting paid, you're being underpaid. You thought if I'd ever get an amen in church, it'd be right there. Whatever you're getting paid, hear me, you're not getting paid enough. Why? Because there is no dollar amount that can adequately reflect your worth, your value, your potential, your creativity, your power, your impact. There's no money that you can put on it. I don't care if they pay you 20 an hour, 25 an hour, 100 an hour. You're worth way more than that. So don't live to make a living because that case, you're trading your life for money. It's worth more than money. Live for the one who made you alive. That's worship, guys. That's why, and, and be careful because whatever you, whatever it's about to you, when it's not there, it's not, it, it. so if money is about security to you, guess what happens when you don't have no money? You worry. But if money is about worship to you, then I don't worry about what I have. I worry about what I can give because I'm giving it to the one where I get security from. Are you following me? I'm giving it to the one that I get security from. You're not trading money for God. You're trading worry for worship. If God is the source of my security, then this has no power over me. Because whether I have it or whether I don't have it, I've still got the one where I get my security from. If God is the one I get my, my worth from, then this doesn't matter to me because this isn't about worth to me. It is money, but it's not about worth. God is about worth to me. And I still have him even when the economy crashes. His value never crashes. I stay with him. And I, right now I can hear everybody talking right now. You're hearing, you're going, that's cool, that's cool. But if, if, if money is about worship, then I guess um, I can't worship God because I ain't got no money. 
that's what you're thinking right now. You're like, this sounds like a great sermon for someone who has cool things like health care. <laughs> this sounds like a great sermon for someone with a retirement account. This sounds like, but it doesn't sound like you're preaching to the college student who's taking out 40000 in loans just to get through. It doesn't sound like you're preaching to the single mom who's got four kids on welfare, dependent on government assistance to survive. It doesn't sound like you're preaching to me. And, and, and I want to I want to encourage you. If that's you, this is my second point. It's okay because it is money. But what I'm preaching about, it's not about money. Here's a, it's a and it's and it's not about having money. It is money, but it's not about having money. Here's what the Bible says. I love this story. Mark chapter 12 verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Mark 12, 42. And many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. And Jesus called his disciple over and said, the truth is that this poor widow, she don't have it. A lot of people here saying, I hear what you're saying, and don't hold back's awesome, and money is worship, that's awesome, but I don't have it. I just don't have it, Pastor. Okay, the truth is this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the other rich people put together. Because all the others gave what they'll never miss. But she gave extravagantly what she could budget. That's what it said, right? She gave what was left over after paying her expenses. She gave what she could not afford. She gave her all. For me, there is no better picture of what we want to accomplish here at Don't Hold Back and, and what we want to accomplish on November 17th than this story. Because I'm not asking you to give what's left over. And I'm not asking you to give what you can afford or what you can budget. I am unashamedly asking you to give God an extravagant level of worship. Give him something that puts you in a place where if he doesn't come through at the end of that offering, you need him to come through. I would even take it a step further, and some of you might be mad at me for saying this, but I think I have enough biblical basis to say it. I don't even think it's worship unless you can't afford it. Because you know what you call charity that you can't afford? There's a word for that. It's called disposable income. God doesn't want your disposables. He wants your worship. Before we, before we do the piano, because we're going to get there, just because we got time, but you got you to gotta catch this. This is good. So I don't want to share my story because I've got a bunch of stories about it, but I want to introduce you to a couple. They're amazing. And we're going to ask them to come up in a moment and, and they're going to share with you because you want to talk about a family doesn't have. Um, would you help me just welcome to the stage really quickly, Frank and Rebecca Rosado. Amen. Amen. Guys, is it cool if we extend service just a little bit? This is, you're going to, is that cool? All right. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, you can't, even if you say no, where are you going to go? You're here. There's nothing you can do about it. Sup, Rebecca. Hey, What's Frank. Up? What's up? Um, love you guys. You guys, uh, we were in the same small group together. Um, we've become friends. Love y'all. And uh, you guys have been married now how long? Seven. I did my homework. Seven years. <laughs> Come on. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you first met? You want to tell it? You want He's my better version? at telling stories. Than All right, me. so <laughs> we met at a, at a coffee shop um, at the time. It was called Push Play Cafe. Yeah, you, yeah, you remember? You remember? Sam, you remember? Um, so we it was an open mic night, and I was co-hosting it. Becca's uh, roommate came out to meet one of my friends. You were co-hosting it because you were an MC. Yeah, you know, so, uh, former Christian rapper. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Becca was 
by the door with her arms crossed, like, nah, <laughs> just don't talk to me. And I was like, cool, hey, my band is going to be playing at this other spot. I'm just giving you a flyer. It's I know so easy it's like. to get girls when you have a band. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wish I had a band. Um, and she, she came out. I mean, if you want to pick it up from here, first service didn't get the second half. Mm. <laughs> so I ended up coming out, and throughout the show, he kept sitting, coming back over where I'm sitting from. Like, so he was here, and I was here, and he just kept coming and hanging out with me. I was like, all right. Um, and I also had a band at the time, too, so we ended up just yes. kind of going to each other's She's shows. She's a rocker, y'all. <laughs> yeah, she's a rocker. We'll get on the worship team real soon. Yes. Because <laughs> we need more white people on the worship team. <laughs> You're serious, though. But she can also sing, like, amazingly. I've heard her stuff. She's, like, amazing. Praise the, praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we ended up just hanging out after, after that, going to coffee shops and, you know, just sharing our stories with each other. We both kind of had a crazy background and story, and we yeah. ended up just sharing that with each other and cool. connected. And it was a rom-com ever since that it moment. Was. Yeah, it's been a, been a rom-com. That's awesome. Well, um, this year, 2019 and 2018, has been... Um, one of the, if not the hardest years of your lives, both together and individually. Rebecca, if you want to just kind of maybe share the story with everyone who, who doesn't know. Sure. So um, November of last year, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a, basically a cancer in your blood. So your lymphatic system is the system that gets all the toxins and bad things out of your body. And sometimes your cells get malignant and they just don't cooperate and creates this cancer. Um, unfortunately, it was something my brother had as well and passed away only two years before I was diagnosed. Um, so it was really hard for my family and just for everything coming on. And at the point I was like, okay, God, what's like, why, you know? And especially since it was such so fresh in, in our um, family and the relationship. And I think throughout the past year, I've um, just really it's just been one of those things where uh, the past few sermons when it was like, but God, you know, and um, I'm through my third type of treatment because the first two didn't work the way that they were hoping. So um, it's just been a journey more than something that I thought was just going to be a quick fix, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on my yeah. third leg of treatment. Yeah. Um, and uh, when it first, when you first started the journey, you actually started the attending journey. So maybe, uh, I don't know if you could share just a little bit about what the community here has, how'd you find the church and then how a community of people just kind of came alongside you guys? Well, for me, um, it was actually some of my clients. Um, I do hair and I was cutting Jay, Bella's hair and Eddie, AKA the dream. Um, and I just, I noticed that like these guys were Christians, but they weren't weird. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can relate. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool, you didn't make it weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, Yo, you're real, and you yeah, seem yeah. very balanced. And, yeah. you know, I, I heard about Journey, started yeah. following it online, just yeah. seeing little Instagram, little quotes, and then watching the YouTube. And, um, you know, Beck and I, just through the season, in the beginning of last year, we're like, yo, I'm just done with fine. Like, yeah. you know, where we live is fine, or where we work is fine, yeah. where we go to church is fine, but... We want more than fine. Yeah. And um, we just came to visit and um, decided to come another Sunday and we talked to you and it mm -hmm. was perfect timing because small group started. Yeah. Got into small group and then yeah. we made more friends and yeah. 
the rest is history. And one of the biggest things that at least the both of us took away from starting a journey was that every single Sunday, I don't know if y'all feel this, but it was something we needed to hear. It was exactly. like, okay, God, what, like how does this possible out of all these people that are in the church? And it was what I needed, what we needed to hear. Yeah. We um, thought that he was in our Amazon. For echo, real. <laughs> listening to our arguments and be like, I got it. I got you guys That's on funny. Sunday. That's funny. And so a small group was where we actually then got to know each other really more. And then um, one of the reasons why you're here is because a, a lot of people don't know, um, but and they probably can assume that chemo treatments are very expensive and just the whole medical. And then there's health insurance, but a lot of people don't know there's a lot that health insurance doesn't cover and just the strain that that puts on the family. And so financially, you guys are in a real tough spot. And, uh, and then if there's anybody who didn't have, it's this couple here. Um, but then uh, you guys decided to sell your home because you were going to downsize with your new style of living and maybe just take it off from, from that moment or the moment you decide to sell your home, which they did really well on financially in that sale. Well, what happened at that point? So it was, like Frankie said earlier, with our whole thing about not being fine. Like, that was one of those things that I would highly encourage everyone to look at their life and say, because that was the game changer for us. Because we lived in Avalon Park, which is a little bit more east, but we spent a lot of our time downtown. My office is over by Universal, so it was just a lot of traveling. And um, then we realized we just weren't happy there. It was fine, and it was okay, and we were grateful, but we knew that it was the time to with anything, make a change at this point in our lives. So we put our house in the market and um, we were able to, what's a blessing, we were able to sell it and um, praise the Lord. And then we moved down to a one, one bedroom apartment downtown and changed the way and got rid of a lot of stuff. And we love it. <laughs> yeah, and we love it. It's easier to clean. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> um, well, and then I um, kind of felt it in my heart that out of the money that we made from the house, we should get back, um, give like 10% off of that. And I was hoping that she would feel the same way. <laughs> like, it would be a confirmation. I was like, so God's been like kind of telling me um, we should give like 10%. And I was hoping she was just gonna be like, yeah, that, absolutely, that's what he told me too. She looked at me like, you wanna do what now? <laughs> And, um, but she backed me up. She was like, okay, if that's what God put in your heart. Let's do it. And, um, yeah, so, we, you know, talking in a small group and figuring out, like, where can we, you know, yeah. sew back and yeah. just trusting in God and that. Yeah. And so um, this is just in April. They're already going through the treatments. And with that, you guys decided to tie 10% of your home sale. And uh, I remember when they handed me that check at small group. Um, I was blown away because I knew their story. I knew what they were going through. And you guys don't know this, but um, that check was, in the history of our church in three years, it was like in the top five biggest checks we've ever received at Journey Church. It was, it was crazy. It was big. It was a stirring over our faith, and, and God did amazing things with that. And I wanted them to share their story with you because there's a lot of people here who don't have. But if there's anybody who doesn't have, it wasn't about money to them. They needed the money, but it wasn't about money. For them, it was worship. It was their way of telling God, I'm going through it right now, yeah. but I love you. Yeah. And um, so uh, Frankie came to the 915, and I intentionally made him ask you. I wasn't going to ask you because you're tough, and you kind of scare me a little bit. <laughs> so He asked if you would stay home and come for the 11th, because we did something at the 915 that we wanted to be a surprise for you. 
And so that check that you wrote us back in April, one of the top five biggest checks you've ever received. Where's the pulpit? Yeah. We want to give it back to you. And uh, we don't just want to give it back to you. We want to give it to you plus 10% as a sign that we believe that this is the first of many miracles that are coming your way. God is not done with your family. You can stay standing. God's not done with your family. And I didn't give you that because I love you guys. Um, I actually did exactly what Frankie did. I met with my wife and I was like, I'm feeling God tell me to do this thing. (laughs) And Liz was like, I feel it too. And we do it gladly for two reasons besides the fact that just God told us to. Number one, we're trying to raise money for a building. Why would we give that away? Because it's not about money. It's not about money. Here's, here's my last point. It is money, but it's about blessing. It's about blessing. And if you've never been a part of a blessing before, I want you to know the money that they gave back in April, that's already been spent. <laughs> it actually went towards providing a scholarship for Journey Leadership Academy student. Um, so that money that their family is receiving, that's because of you and your generosity. So thank you for being a blessing. We love you guys. Stay standing. We love you, Rebecca. He's not done with the miracles. He's not. Stay standing. Stay standing. I don't want a building for us. I'm perfectly fine here. It's, It's nice. It's big. We got a little parking issue, but that's all right. We'll start parking cars on top of cars. We'll do what we got to do. Guys, the, the projects aren't for us. They're for, we could be a blessing for others. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so I want to encourage you to join us on this journey. Now, that's a very emotional moment. That's very real. She had no idea. I just told her I just wanted to come and share her story. She had no idea what was going to happen today. Um, they also sell T-shirts to help raise money. I think we put the website, put the website on the so bonfire.com first forward slash Rebecca Joy. She is fierce. She is strong. She is brave. We got some people wearing them and rocking. If you want to support, you can that way. It's about being a blessing. And so here's what I want to do. I want to take a very special moment and I want to get practical with it. Can I get practical with it? I need to get practical with it because it's good. But if it just ends here and we all feel good, we got to turn this into action. Love is action. We got to have action. You can, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. It's a part. So I'm going to ask the host to go ahead and begin to hand out. We've already done this twice, but I'm going to do it again. We're going to hand out these commitment cards. They're not for you to give right now. They're just for you to have a visible reference as I walk through this. That's very powerful, but we got to turn this into something for others. It's not about money, but it is about being a blessing for others. And so you're handing, you're getting handed right now a commitment card. The commitment card looks like this. If this is your first time here, We believe that if we raise $3.2 million over two years, we can do those two things that we said. 
plant another Journey Church and move into a permanent facility. On the left side, you see how many gifts we need. At the right side, you see the amount of gifts that we need at that number. But in the bottom, you see in a square, ultimate goal, 100% participation. You know why? Because it's not about money. It's about a community coming together and saying, hey, all I have, all I own, I give to you, my king. I give it to you. So that's what it's about, 100%. Next, you're going to see a commitment card. This is what's being handed out to you right now. And I want to give you a scenario, what it looks like, so you can fill this out. Because someone says $250,000, that's a lot of money. I don't think anybody here is balling like that, just so you know. I don't think anybody here can drop $250,000 on a Sunday. And if you can, talk to me after service, okay? But I don't think that's anybody's scenario here. So we're talking about over two years, and I want to tell you how that works. So let's assume that in my household, me and my wife together, we make $6,000. So that's 10% because we start with the tithe. 10% of $6,000 is $600. That's what you and your wife's tithes are together. Multiplied by 12, that's $7,200. Now let's say, you know what? God's put it on my heart. I'm going to be like that widow. I'm going to give more than I can even afford because I want it to be worship. Instead of tithing 10, I'm going to tithe 15. I'm going to add an extra $300 a month, my wife and I, to this offering. And that makes $3,600. That means that at the end of one year, you've already given in one fund $10,800. Now you multiply that times two because it's over two years. And the number you get is $21,600. Now let's say you've been saving up some money for a vacation. You've been saving up some money for a down payment on a home. You've been saving up some money for a car. And you think, you know what? That's cool, but I'd rather give to build God's house than to build my house. I feel this. I want to go all in. So maybe you take that down payment and you say, God, all I have, all I own, I give to you. And you take that $10,000 and you add that in a one-time gift and you add that to $21,600 and you get a total of $31,600 and that's your whole gift there. Now, to some people, that's a crazy number, but I know there are people in this room, that number is nothing for you. It doesn't matter because it's not about money. It's about giving God an extravagant worship. And so I want to be very transparent with you because I think as your pastor, you need to know that I lead the way in this. Three years ago, when my wife and I fell from the Lord out of Plant Journey Church, we went all in. We sold our home. We cashed out our retirement account. I went one year without a salary. I lived off the sale of my home and people like Melanie sending me random checks in the mail because God told them to. Somebody's like, well, I've never had somebody send me a check in the mail. Well, have you ever gone all in? Because something happens when you don't hold back. There's miracles that open, miracles that happen. And I thought I would never have to do that again. And when God started putting on my heart, don't hold back, I got to be honest, I was a little upset at God. I was like, I already gave you everything. I have nothing left. God said, don't hold back. So I want you to know, and please don't clap for this because I don't want praise. I just, I want to be a pioneer. I just want to lead the way. My wife and I have prayed about it. So without getting into the specifics of our financials, we've committed over the next two years to going from 10% tithers. Here's what our gift is going to equivalent to. We're going to become 25% tithers over the next two years. That's what we're doing. We're going above and beyond. A quarter of our income is going to be dedicated to this initiative, but not just this initiative, people. How could you do that? You've got kids. How can you? First off, I got my wife's blessing, okay? She said, I'll do it as long as we can still have Disney passes. So we moved some things around. But guys, it's just green paper. It's about way more than that to me. When I hear stories of people whose marriages were falling apart and God used this church to bring restoration and hope, 
when I hear stories about people's teenagers going wow, buck wow, and they come to church and they can finally find a place where they relate to, and now their hands are being raised to give their life to Jesus Christ, and, and they're serving on a team in seven days, giving it all to Jesus. It's about way more than green paper to me. It's about building a place where people can know God and find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference. And so I'm excited. It's about way more than that. So on November 17th, that's going to be your moment. That's going to be your opportunity to go above and beyond, to give your extravagant worship to the Lord. Be praying about that. Be asking the Lord to give you some guidance on that. If you already want to participate in November 17th, it's just too long to wait. This Friday, we've got Advanced Commitment Night at Calvary Church, 7 p.m. It's going to be round tables. There's going to be worship. I want to do something real special. We're going to give out a gift that's going to be real significant. You're invited to that. In any case, let's not make this about money. We rob it and we cheapen it. It's about worship. It's all my love. All my love. All my love. I give to you. Can we sing that today? All my love. All my love. All my love. You can have me. you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com and if you would like to support financially you can give online at journeyorl.com give if you're in the area join us on sunday for the full experience have a blessed week